Do you want to do it now I, before we get well, started? Let's do it now because for season six, it ain't gonna be hard for me. Oh wow, <laughs> it's gonna be very hard for me. So I I, I remember. <laughs> I know we won't. Uh, I know we won't get to go right to the top of the show, but um. Oh yeah, it's definitely not gonna be hard for me. <laughs> good. Let me count one, two, three that are star lows that don't make the cut. I've got two stars and one star with an up arrow. So well, it looks like I know what my top three are. <laughs> the, the crazy thing is the one I put with a star with an up arrow, I don't think is going to be number one, oddly enough. And mm. I only did that once. I know, but I, I was so high on it the first time I watched it. And now I'm like, well, was it though? I think I just got one really awesome laugh out of it. And, <clears throat> and it was carried by one guest performance that I think it has to be on the list, but all right, so I guess I've got my... Wow, I hate to leave that one off. <laughs> this is tough. Yeah, I think I'm happy with this. I think I'm happy with this. This is controversial even for me. Mm, I'm like, right. I, I don't even know if this all is... Right. The, I don't even know if this is right, and I'm the one... I'm in, I have final say. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Like I don't know if I agree with the committee on this one. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You, you uh, are this, the committee. This guy's not a real curb fan. Damn. All I'm right. Keeping myself. The last person who should be hosting a fucking podcast about curb is this guy. <laughs> Tim Murphy, a self quote in 2023. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should we get going? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Might as well. <laughs> a lot of that will be. A lot of that will make it seem like it, it took me like two seconds to do because all that dead air will be. Uh, oh, I'm going to leave out. all of that in for <laughs> yeah, Patreon. I'm going to leave every single thing in. <laughs> uh, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 7, Episode 1, Funkhauser's Crazy Sister. But before that, what is the deal with stuff from our last episode, which was, uh, I always forget the, oh, um, um, the Bat Mitzvah, the Season 6 finale didn't have any homework and did not find any continuity errors, but I did want to iterate this, not reiterate this. I want to iterate this because we didn't really touch on it, I don't think, but if it wasn't obvious, Matt Tesler is a fictional character. No one named Matt Tesler ever directed an episode of Seinfeld. Well, what should have made that even more painfully obvious is it was played by a very famous comedic actor, Michael McKeon. So, um, you know, if you were lost about that like wow why didn't they reference uh why didn't they talk about larry completely trashing this guy that he worked with four times uh it's because it was a made-up name so that's really all <laughs> all i have from the previous episode before moving on to this the new season we do have to as we were talking about at the top of the episode run down our top three episodes of season six and as you heard sort of pontificating early in the episode i had Six starred episodes God. of a ten-episode <laughs> television series. <laughs> is that is that including your star lows, or is it that is. just okay? Okay, I was gonna say if you if that's not even including your your honorable mention episodes of your of your star lows, then we're in trouble because because yes. I, I I thought I did not like season six, and then going back, I'm like I had. Uh, I had six episodes marked as well. Oh, wow. Uh, one, okay. one being a star with an up arrow, two being full stars, and three being star lows. So oh. I, I think I was I was more on the star low uh, side of season six, but then you figure 40% of the season, I really didn't care for at all. <laughs> yeah. When you're only dealing with 10 episodes, if you didn't like four of them, yeah, that's, that's almost, you know, almost half, uh, if my math is correct. I didn't give out as many. I gave out one star low. 
I'm normally Mr. Starlow as well because I'm like, oh, it's going to get better than this. It's going to get better than that. And then I usually end up like you with three obviously starred episodes. And But this time I gave out five full stars, including a star up arrow and only one star low. So you want to go first? You want me to go first? Why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, so you can t- continue eating your uh, mm-hmm. granola mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So, all right. I'll go from three to one for my top three episodes. And then I'll mention my honorable mentions because that's part of the definition of an honorable mention is you have to mention them. Uh, otherwise, it's just honorable. They're just honorable. Okay, number three, The Therapist. This was my star up arrow, and it's the only episode of the season that I got a chance to watch twice because it was during our May hiatus, and so I watched it again without taking notes or anything, just kind of, it sort of lost some of its luster. That first watch through was so hilarious, and I got maybe the biggest laugh of the season when Dr. Bright was tackled by the police officers after the staged mugging. And then all that, they did that Zucker, Abram Zucker style, Larry and the doctor are having an innocuous conversation in the foreground while all of this hilarious stuff is happening in the background. And this learned doctor is getting his ass kicked by the LAPD. It was just, that was just hilarious. And, and plus the whole thing was carried by the great performance by Steve Coogan, who I thought was hilarious in that episode. So it didn't, the arrow didn't hold up, but it did still, I felt like belong on the list. Uh, Number two is Meet the Blacks. I don't think in six seasons I had, or in f- the previous five seasons, I had starred a season premiere. But going Ooh. back and looking through my notes, it had some very funny moments. And I think what carried it the most was the cake penis. That was such <laughs> a hilarious reveal and storyline. That was very good. Yeah, that I'm like, okay, Meet the Blacks has to go on there. And plus it introduced a great, you know, story arc. We didn't meet Leon yet. If Leon had been in that episode, it might have pushed it up to number one. But it was still a great uh, season premiere. And we don't even meet the Blacks until like the last scene of the show, pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then number one, this may sound crazy, but it's the Freak Book. Ooh, okay. Yeah, okay. because we saw a different side of Larry. It was a great sort of circular episode that like there was only one real storyline and it all sort of came around in the end and all revolved around the freak book and it showed Larry putting himself out to save somebody else being unselfish but I think in a way that's very Larry-ish going like oh fine you know I'll do this thing I'll go pick up this and then palling around with John McEnroe. Uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, number one, I think, is the freak book. But even, uh, you know, whether or not this made it into the, the free feed, even I think this list is kind of controversial. Because if I think I think if I went and watched the whole season again just straight through, my top three might shuffle around a little bit. Because my honorable mentions are The Anonymous Donor. And I think that one was bumped because the storyline of Jeff jerking off in Larry's house just for, just like, that's totally normal. And then somebody jerked off on their kid's stuffed animal and that's never brought up who actually did that, but it was a funny, it was a pretty funny episode. The N word probably should be in the top three because it's got some of the funniest like misunderstandings of the series, especially with the letter and Phil Lamar reading the letter and that one line, <laughs> you know, all these brothers and sisters around and, oh and your God. life would be better without the blacks. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And, and, uh, and even just Jay Johnson, you know? Oh, yeah. Wait, is he? He's not in that episode, is he? Oh, not Jay Johnson. Oh, shit. I'm thinking of, like, fucking modern news. Um, What's his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. 
current event. Uh, not Phil Lamar. Uh, oh, 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 no. no. Uh, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, fa- famous uh, famous relative of Jay Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you're judging his character on this episode, probably thinks the same things as Jay Johnson. <laughs> yeah, 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 they should have played Or Jay Johnson roles. probably thinks the same things. I Jake Johnson should have played. <laughs> although it, it is appropriate that Jake Johnson, I believe, played a police officer in Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? So <laughs> in the Trick or Treat episode. So that tracks. Um, <laughs> and then my star low was the TiVo guy. And I don't even remember what I really liked about ep- that episode, but that's my star low. So I got a top three and a bottom three there, sixty <laughs> percent okay. of the whole season. Um, okay, so let me let me go through my my honorable mentions. Or, okay. or should I do the episodes that I really didn't care for first? I guess if you have uh, a, a specific one you want to call out that you hated, yeah, I'd love to know that. Well, I, I think the 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 wild one for me is like I I, I don't know that I necessarily didn't care for it or that I didn't like it but I feel like the fact that it's so high up on your list oh and I didn't give it any recognition whatsoever I gotta point out the freak book yeah like I I did not give that a star I did not give that a star low I just thought the whole episode kind of dragged on and it ended very weird and yeah that's true (laughs) and, and, and like uh, the, just the whole circumstances, like, and what they had to do to get Larry into that scenario, into that <laughs> situation, was too far-fetched. There was a lot of that, and that's why the anonymous donor fell off the list, because yeah. for that situation, is like, that's what you guys came up with? <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a lot of reaching, especially in the last, like, five minutes of the episode. Like, yeah. like time jumps and <laughs> came, came into play, and I'm like, what is going on here? Um, okay, so uh, my, my star lows, my honorable mentions, I'll go with the anonymous donor and the TiVo guy. Hey, um, right. So so wanted to wanted to mention those. I, I can't really say anything more about them than than you already said. So my my top three, um, or did I have three star lows? I did. Oh, and the therapists. Oh, okay. There you go. So yeah, my my three star lows there. Uh, number three for me, I have to go with the. Mm, I gotta go meet the blacks from number three. The okay. only season finale, much like you, the only season finale I've given more than a star low to. The only season or season premiere, I should say. The only season premiere I've really cared for. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's what that was my uh, feeling as well. I thought you meant you'd given stars to all of them. No. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Same no, here. I, same here. I, I I went back and I looked. I gave a star low to Mel's offer. I gave a star low to the Larry David sandwich for season four and five, respectively. Mm. Um, this is the first time I've given a full star to a season premiere with with Meet the Blacks. There you go. Um, number two, I got to go the Rat Dog because uh, <laughs> the Rat Dog was just insanity from start to finish. It was. Um, especially the, the scene of fucking uh, <laughs> curb stomping the little dog. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, I cannot underrate my genuine reaction to watching that when it happened. My mouth agape and, like, unable to, like, type anything, unable to say anything to speech to text for my notes. I was just sitting there for about 20, 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I did the, the same fuck? thing. I did the same thing. <laughs> and uh, you know, another another episode that gave me that reaction. Um, but but more so, I mean, you already mentioned it, Tim. Is uh, episode eight, the N word, my top <laughs> episode of the season. Wow. <laughs> 
So we really only share Meet the Blacks in our top three. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough to leave the N-word off the list, but you know, the the, the other ones I just had to put up there. And I, it was just so maddening. I remember maybe this is what held me back from putting the N-word on there was it was just so maddening that Larry insisted on saying it each time. It was another one of those jumps. Oh my god, I know. It was another one of those jumps in suspension of disbelief that you had to make that like, God, just don't say it. Every time you say it, the first time you should have learned your lesson. But I guess it's no hugging, no learning, right? That's in the... He doesn't learn. He, he does not learn. learn. He does not learn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else you want to get into for, like, our, our top episodes of season six? No, I don't think so. I think I think we got a couple of good lists here. I don't think anybody could argue with them, maybe. Okay. Um, I, I touched on it briefly whenever I forgot his name, but uh, news today, uh, former uh, Curb guest, uh, Jay Johnston, uh, charged... <laughs> For taking part in the insurrection. <laughs> yeah, they finally got him. I can't believe, like, it almost took two years to track yeah, down this and, celebrity. And probably, like, the tweet with the highest amount of engagement from at FBI. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're looking for this one particular man, and everyone else is in, yeah. in the replies, like, is that Jimmy Pesto? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, okay, well, I don't know, call, call his agent. Like, yeah, like, it's clearly him in that photo. Like, yeah. he, he's uh, obviously one photo he's covered up by a bandana, but the other bandana is down and he's doing almost his trademark scowl. <laughs> yeah, I just can't believe, I, like, I'm pretty sure I could Google any celebrity and find their address just with regular Google. <laughs> In like five, mi- give me minutes. five minutes, yeah, yeah max. Yeah. You don't need that much time. So I just don't get why it took almost two <laughs> years to track down Jay Johnston. Uh, the, the 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 Justice Department has never been fast, Tim. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the wheels of justice grind slowly. It's true. It's. Cliche, I was trying to think true. of that phrase. I'm like, I don't yeah. know what the phrase is. I was like, justice, <laughs> justice, slow, justice, be slowing. You know how it be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Any any new other news or anything? Uh, oh yeah, you know what? Um, we had a passing in the world of Seinfeld. Pat Cooper passed oh, away. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the week that we're recording this at the age of ninety three, and he is of course uh, you know I guess famous for being like one of these Vegas comics from back in the way back in the day. But he's also the guy who sponsored the fictional Jerry Seinfeld for the Friars Club in season seven, episode eighteen, the Friars Club. And he has that great exchange with George that I liked where he goes, where George tries to cover for Jerry not having the jacket anymore. And he goes, are you in show business? Are you an entertainer? Are you in show business? And before George can eat, George utters out like two syllables and he goes, then why am I talking to you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. he, he has passed away. R.I.P. Oh, my gosh. All right. So if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show, despite the last 21 minutes. Not that bad. <laughs> being uh, almost exclusively uh, research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last, oh, what is it now for season seven? Uh, 14 years. There you go. 
If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, or you can just give us a five-star rating over on Spotify if you use either of those apps. If you really like us, you'll like us a little bit more than that, or maybe you've just already given us a rating or given us a rating and a review. You can join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash no hugging, where for five bucks a month, you get early access to extended versions of our episodes, including last week's super <laughs> long talk and discussion on season three of I Think You Should Leave. I I don't know how much of that uh, ended up making the main episode, but we talked for about a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did a complete rundown. We just ended up doing a little mini series run through <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, that, that lives all over at Patreon.com, where I want to give a shout-out to our patrons like Drybones, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John Murphy, full stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, my Will- mom. Okay, here, I found the deal with that. Okay, I'm glad you... Uh- <laughs> Glad you brought that up because my oh, here, mom. Here, here let, let, me, let me thank everyone first. We'll get okay, into that okay. in a second. Uh, John Murphy, Will Hall, Danica Ligorio, J. Lord Condog, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. All right. About your mom. Yeah, because she wrote to me. Timothy, do you know why I've been charged $200 in the last year from something called Patreon.com? Okay, so it was Sunday, the Sunday that we talked about it. She said, are you still affiliated with Patreon? If you are, I need to update my card. What does my $13 do for you? Do you get that? And I said, yes, we still use Patreon. We do get that, but if you don't want to re-up, that's okay. Your $13 tier actually doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) And she said, what is it now? Their site is such a, she said a loop, a do loop. I don't know what that means, but that's like something autocorrected. A do loop? D-O-L-O-O-P, yeah. And I said, hang on, I, I just I lost it. I don't know what she might be trying, is to, it, trying to say. Their site is such a do loop. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like every link you click doesn't really bring you to where you want to be, so you have to just keep clicking links, and that's what you do, and that's why it's a do loop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She sometimes Maybe. speaks in she sometimes speaks in military parlance. She uses like military abbreviations and and acronyms a lot still because she was in the military for so oh. long. So maybe that's a military phrase. But I said $5 and she said update or cancel and there's no cancel button. And she said I guess I just don't pay them. Well that ruined my credit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I said I I think that'll work. I said cuz you've already been removed from our role. She said I guess I could just charge May as we canceled that card. You probably won't starve, <laughs> lol. Jesus Christ, you probably won't starve. You probably won't starve without my 13 bucks. <laughs> All right, well, everybody, please, in, in your cars, if you're mowing grass, whatever you're yeah. doing while you're listening to this, give a uh, a, a silent mental round of applause for <laughs> for Tim's for Tim's mother. Our first lost <laughs> patron, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's not our first. We've had some other people drop off, right? We we've had we've had a we've had a few including Will Hall. Ugh. Shout out to to you. I mean, uh, I'm getting the notification cancel date today at 6:45 a.m. Will, sad to see you go, buddy. More like won't haul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won't won't haul after July 1st, 2023. <laughs> All of that being said, season 
seven episode one Funkhauser's crazy sister. <laughs> Original air date September 20th, 2009. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see in the season seven premiere, Larry attempts a preemptive breakup with an ailing Loretta and learns a lesson. Oh, boo. We just talked about how he doesn't learn lessons. Yeah. And also, like, in hindsight, after watching it, does he? <laughs> does he i think he does they mention the lesson in the middle somewhere in the middle of the episode i don't know if i wrote it down but if when we get to the end if i haven't mentioned the lesson i think you probably know what the lesson is but we'll see if it holds up through the rest of the series but we we let me mention before we even get into the episode the picture quality has improved right yeah i I think it's it's full hd now yeah yeah that's what i was thinking i don't know what it was before i guess maybe they were still filming on video and upscaling or something probably and now they probably switched to digital cameras yeah still still filming on film yeah, and then still, upscaling still to filming. HD. I mean, obviously, the I, I don't know when the big switch over to all shows being HD was. It was about 2008. I, it was it was in between okay. these two seasons, I think. Okay, so it's just I'm just trying to think of was was HBO pulling a Disney Plus and cutting off some of the screen to make it full screen? Because now I can't remember if it was what do we call the opposite of letterbox, mailbox, or something like that. Uh, it was like shadow box, post box, so, yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, no, they they were they were in four three. They were all oh they. They were in four three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were oh, in four three. Okay, okay. I, I just hadn't paid attention up until now, and, and and I started this episode. I was like, something is, everything's so clear, and something it was like the first time seeing HD. Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have finally upgraded, and we open at home. Larry brings some unsatisfactory soup to, as you mentioned, an ailing Loretta. They argue over the house temperature. Larry likes it at oh, sixty eight. This is but- too real for me. <laughs> I did not know, and I guess I mean I don't think they would have. I don't think this would have flown with the other improvisers if it wasn't true. But Lorena says black people like it very warm in the house. I, I did not know. I, yeah, I don't know. That was true. I can't speak to the experience at all. So she says she wants it at seventy five all the time. Leon comes in and agrees. He likes it even hotter. Eighty two <laughs> in the house. That's a little I'm like, much. God is damn. this winter or summer or all the time? <laughs> Okay, Tim, what is your what is your house currently at? My house in the summer fluctuates between 74 and 75. Ooh. I know. It sounds hot, but you know what? If I put it any lower, it gets cold as hell. And the real crazy thing is my AC is 30 years old. My Jeez, AC unit yeah. is 30 years old and it like <laughs> and it will make the house too cold. Like if I put it down, you know, any further and and it and it it's in a room where it must kick on very easy. And so I feel like it just is is running constantly. And so 70, like 74 is comfortable. 75 is when I'm like feeling very stingy. Yeah. And See, so, yeah. But during the, during the um, winter, I think the heat is at 68, which again, keeps it, you know, not toasty, but comfortable. I feel exactly. Like. Exactly. Yeah, I don't get many complaints. People wear blankets or sweatshirts or whatever. Yeah. I have to fight for every fucking degree in my house <laughs> in either because direction warmer it, in the winter and colder yes, in the summer yeah. yes i have to fight for every degree because <laughs> to be able to sleep my wife needs the house to be at 67 oh wow and if if uh if it gets left at 67 through the day i am a popsicle i am freezing <laughs> so i i turn it up to 72 sometimes i'll sneak it up to 73 because she won't actually notice and then she'll just <laughs> drop it right back down at night but like in the summer in the summer i tried telling her this last 
uh, last summer because it gets so yeah. fucking unfathomably hot. And I was like, <laughs> we can have it at like 75 and it's still going to be very cool. And you're like, yeah. no, we have to drop it down to 67. I'm like, oh my okay, gosh. holy shit. <laughs> I mean, your bills must just be out of control. In the summer, they're not fun, but that, <laughs> that's why that's why I, I adjusted uh, how much each of us are paying for, for electric. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like... Yeah, every every degree below this, that's another percentage. You should like tip the scales like that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that. But so, but I do know people. I, I, I if I'm I'm on Larry's side where the, where the fact is, if I get too hot, you cannot sleep when you're like just sitting there and roasting. Oh, for sure. And, for sure. But I know there are. I feel like it is a majority opinion. People love it super duper cold at night and then bundle up with as many blankets as possible i know that's like a very popular way to sleep i don't I, know I why do. that yeah. is a that is a very very good way to sleep it's a very good way to nap as well like if you take if you take a cold nap but then you yeah. have like a nice like big blanket or like a blanket and a hoodie too oh that's <laughs> that's really nice yeah but then you get to the point where you're like well why don't you just make it as hot as it is under the blanket in the house <laughs> and go to sleep <laughs> but no there's some difference i don't know what it is <laughs> and luckily yeah i mean i and maybe it's because i'm responsible for it and it's not like sarah doesn't pick up like a million other bills but i'm the one that pays the gas and the electricity and so mm, i think that's okay. why i've been put in charge of the see, yeah see we we just split everything 50 yeah. 50 like i i pay i pay everything but every uh every check that she gets uh, I, I have it uh, in a note on my phone of like how much off of each check it is yeah. for her. And I'm like, all right, yeah, this this works, you know? Yeah, Work, yeah, works yeah. Works for us. Yeah, we've just sort of fallen into like, it, it probably evens out. We're like, whatever, you take care of your shit, I'll take care of my shit. It probably evens out. Honestly, she's probably paying more, but she makes <laughs> more, so that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we try to make it as, you know, uh, what's uh, maybe communist. Maybe communist is possible, you know? <laughs> Each to their ability, each from M- their whatever that is. Not not my electric, our electric. <laughs> our electricity, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not know if you if we have any uh, African American listeners, I'd be curious to know if this is an accurate depiction because I think if Larry wrote this and go, you know, black people like it hot in the house, uh, I think yeah, Vivica be, A. Fox a and weird and J. B. Smoove would have gone, you know, that's not really true, and. <laughs> I would hope so, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I would hope they'd go, can we do something else? But maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe there's, you know. Uh, so Auntie Ray comes home and tells Larry that there's been a third robbery in the neighborhood. She heard it from the neighbors. And rather than being concerned for the safety of his neighborhood, Larry goes, don't talk to the neighbors, to Auntie Ray. <laughs> because he's like, I'd rather have the thieves than the neighbors. Because the thieves don't impose. They just want your stuff. Neighbors want your time. This was a great little like diatribe monologue from larry he's like i'd rather give up my stuff than my time <laughs> um and they are awaiting the results of loretta's biopsy but uh, and auntie ray really plants the seed here that larry is going to have to think about for the whole episode that wow it's so great that she's going to have you there with her through all of this horrible experience everything she's going to be in so much pain and suffering but you're going to be right by her side the whole time <laughs> And so over at Jeff's, Larry, you know, he's explaining, first of all, I loved their misunderstanding about the Cinderella metaphor. He's like, I'm like Cinderella in there. And Jeff goes, how so? 
I didn't understand either. And that's why I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and Larry's like, what do you mean, how so? I'm like, Cinder- he's like, what part of Cinderella are you? And he's like, you know, the part with the, the um, stepmother telling him what to do. He's like, oh, okay, okay, that's you. Because he had mentioned it in the, um, in the context of being hot in the house. He's like, oh, and they want to keep it so hot in there. I'm like, Cinderella. I'm like, yeah. the part where she was in a hot part of the castle? <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> so that was hilarious to me. He's like, Jeff was like, I want to, I want, please clarify this metaphor. <laughs> like, you know, the, the stepmother, wicked stepmother. Oh, okay, all right. You're being told what to do. Got it. Now we're on the same page. But it was confusing. And Larry... He has to break up before Loretta gets the results of her biopsy. He cannot break up with somebody who has cancer. So even if she does or doesn't, he doesn't want to be with her because he doesn't like the way he's being treated. But he also has to do it because you can't break up with somebody with cancer. So he's going to be stuck with her. Larry proposes that couples should have a pre-relationship breakup code word that you can just text the other person, which is an interesting technological jump (laughs) we're talking about texting and curb your enthusiasm now yeah really but you can text the other person apricot for instance and then it's just over it's a clean break Uh, which um you know it's kind of like the ultimate safe word i guess it's like i just want out of this relationship completely Susie comes out and invites larry to a dinner party but she won't tell him who else is invited because that is against social convention it's just not done I had a buddy who brought this rule up to me, like when you would like call and see what your friends were doing in, in high school or even college or whatever, like, oh, what's up? Where are you guys hanging out? Oh, we're over at, uh, you know, Joey's dorm or whatever. It's like, and then the other person goes, who's there? Who all's there? Yeah. It's like, well, uh, well why do you want to know? Because if someone there that you don't like, you're not going to come over or if, you know, it, and so I understand the social convention. And asking if he called it the roll call. He's like, don't give me a roll. Don't don't ask for a roll call. Come over <laughs> or don't. You know? Uh, it's messed up. Um, but I like that, uh, you know, this, this made me, as I watched the season finale, I'm like, Susie completely, always is just completely chewing out Larry and calling him the worst names. And then in the last episode, Loretta came down and defended Larry and called Susie like a huge bitch or whatever. Like, and, and yet... Larry and Susie remain steadfast friends. Yeah. Like, she invites him to a dinner party. (laughs) Granted, (laughs) it's two years later, but... Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. But it happens happens daily. I mean, it's such a a trope on the show, and that people love, of course, like, Susie chewing out Larry with the most creative curse words that she could muster. But, like, Larry and Susie might have the best friendship out of everybody, because everything's just water under the bridge. She can call him a fat fuck as many times, and he can, like, shout back at her... As many times as, and they always come back to being friends. It's uh, and and the niceties and, and all that stuff. It's just uh, very interesting to me this this friendship. But it's like and it's like Jeff says after Susie leaves, like, why do you even get started with her? Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> it reminds me. I'm saying that to my kids constantly because we have you know we have a nine year old and a now six year old, oh and the six year old doesn't know any better. He'll dig it. But I'm like the not, like you know better. You know what it's gonna you know what's gonna end up in a fight. <laughs> Why do you even get started with him? Why do you feel the need to correct him? Why do you feel the need to, like, when he says something wrong, just, like, just go by it. Just, you knew what he meant. Just let it slide. You know, I'm, like, constantly telling them that. And it's the same thing, Jeff. Why do you get started with her? Why do you constantly want to fight with her? It's the exact same thing. Uh, so back at home, the doctor is there, and he wants to talk to Larry about Loretta. And just like the coma doctor... He will not speculate on the diagnosis. Remember, this reminds me of the scene where Larry oh, tried yeah, to get the yeah. coma doctor to, if you had to bet, 
one way or another. If you had to put some money down, it's like I I wouldn't uh, I can't do that. <laughs> it's like what were the odds? What are the odds he's going to come out of this? Uh, he will not speculate on the diagnosis. Uh, but he does, while he's uh, talking to Larry, help himself to a lemonade from the fridge. And it's at this point that Larry hears nothing the doctor says. He's just laser focused well, on his movements with I'm, this lemonade. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't hear anything that the, that the doctor said. Because as the doctor is grabbing this can of lemonade, it's in the middle of an extended all ADR sequence. You noticed this, right? I did not notice that. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know how you didn't. Because the yeah. doctor turns away, turns to the fridge, and then keeps talking. You don't see his mouth moving whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess they couldn't get audio of his face in the fridge. It, the audio probably wasn't any good, so they probably I, had to do it later. I'm, I'm wondering, like, how, how much was he, like, he may have been, like, mumbling, Whenever he was in the fridge, because he's like looking, and he's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah." And they're like, uh, "Actually, can we can we do it like more clear after after filming?" But like, it was so long. Yeah, it was. and then he just turns around and he's got a lemonade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love that Larry. He's like a cat looking at a laser. I mean, he really was like that. <laughs> Anywhere the hands went, he was just staring at that. <laughs> you might say to him that he was laser focused laser focused exactly maybe that's where it comes from so he brings up they argue about whether or not larry first of all was going to offer he was like i was going to offer you you know i can tell when someone's going to offer me something and you weren't going to do it so (laughs) i just helped myself and it's you know there's no problem with it this is totally you know uh you know the social convention to use uh susie's words you you're allowed to do that if no one's going to offer you a drink you're allowed to help yourself to a drink uh so by the way if you did not you probably recognize this guy because his name is Seth Morris and he is in just everything funny. I mean, he's just been in the funniest thing about his IMDb pages though. I guess he's in this is that the first thing that pops up when you go to his IMDb page is the trailer for Fred 2: Night of the Living Fred from 2011. Oh my god. <laughs> but I'm like <sighs> that's that's the trailer you put on the front page, even though he was in, uh, I mean, well, he was just in the reboot of Party Down, which I watched last week, which was great. He's in Big Mouth. He's in Vanessa Bear's show. I love that for you. He is in, let me see, I was going through his, oh, he's in Veep. He was in The Connors. He's in um, The Good Place. He was in, do you want to see a dead body? Uh, those YouTube webisodes. <laughs> Uh, he was in Ghosted, a show that I know both of us like. Oh my god! Of that. Wait, yeah, new old Ghosted or new Ghosted? Because there's a new show called Ghosted on something on uh, CBS, maybe. Oh wait, is that the that's like the Sixth Sense type show where all these dead people like follow this woman around? That's no, called Ghosted. Oh, that that's called Ghosts. But there's a oh. new show called Ghosted. Okay, well, it is old Ghosted, but I have not heard of new Ghosted. I wish it was a reboot of the, you know, Adam <laughs> the, and Craig the show. This show from 2020, yeah. Yeah, he was in Marin. He was in Modern Family. He was in, I mean, this guy has oh, just it, been in. The new Ghosted is a movie on Apple TV Plus uh, with Chris Evans and uh, Ana de Armas. I see, so I'll never see it. No. It's I've, not something I've on my list got, anyway. But. Yeah, I've actually got a current membership for Apple TV+. Plus. I, I signed up to watch the last season of Ted Lasso and, and uh, Prehistoric Planet and a few other things that everyone's like, oh my god, you need to watch it. I'm like, okay, cool, sounds good. What's it on? Yeah. Apple TV+. Plus. Well, guess I'll never see it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I signed up for, for one month to try and like catch up on everything. And so far, yeah. I'm doing doing pretty good. 
Good. Uh, as long as we're talking about premium streaming services, I hope there's no. I hope SummerSlam or whatever isn't coming up, Ted, because the Peacock Premium Train oh. pulls into the station June 26. I saw that, and yeah, all WWE uh. is on Peacock. You, yeah, yeah, I know, and so it's on, it's on the cock. <laughs> I mean, if they still had Saved by the Bell or AP Bio, if the the one thing that might I might that might save it is they have all of the Universal movies, of course, which is all of the Despicable Me. Like my kids love those. They movies. do have some pretty good original content. They do have some pretty good like <sighs> new release movies. They just got Renfield. Renfield's streaming yeah. on Peacock now. Which I, I, know. I want to check I, out. Before, I wanted to see that too. Before June 26th. <laughs> um, I'm thinking they might have the Super Mario Brothers movie too, which I know my kids have really wanted to see again. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy it because it's going to be on Peacock probably because I'm pretty sure that's a Universal release. Uh, or, or what Illumination. That's what it is. Yeah, Illumination is that. But Universal but yeah, owns it, I'm pretty they're sure. They're hand yeah. in hand with Universal yeah. for sure. So all those movies pop up on there. And so the one thing that will save it is Poker Face Season 2. I would save it. If they were like, Poker Face Season 2 is coming out June 27th, I would go, all right, I will re-up. <laughs> right now for that because we lo- that show was just awesome but yeah just seth Moore. i mean children's hospital bob's burgers kroll show comedy bang bang parks and rec brooklyn 99 workaholics key and peel i mean this guy is just he, if there's a comedy show he's been on it it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy uh he must just be one of those you know guys that's i guess great to work with a great improviser and uh so he walks out he storms out after this argument with larry he passes marty funkhauser on his way in and Marty Funkhauser, at first, he's like, oh, he just went through your fridge. Jeez, I can't believe it. What did he take? And he's like, well, you got a lemonade. And Marty Funkhauser was like, liquids are okay. Liquids are okay. I'm sorry. I can't. I got to uh, um, I gotta side with him on this one. And But he does tell him that his sister, Bam Bam, I'm like, I misheard. <laughs> I misheard this, surely. But no, his sister, Bam Bam, is doing well. Since she has been out of the mental mental institution that she's been in, I mean, what the hell kind of a name is? It's like Cha Cha. We got Bam Bam and Cha Cha. Why do they give these people these dumb names? I do not know. Larry offers. He's like, he looks at him very sincerely and goes, "Hey, if I can do anything, let me know." <laughs> and Marty goes, "Well, you know what? You can visit with her tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock." And Larry's like, "What? What are you talking about? <laughs> that was an empty gesture." So, but Marty Funkhauser's like, you shouldn't have said it if you weren't going to take, be taken up on it. And Larry's like, people just say, that's just something people say. No one's taken up on it. But, you know, Larry uh, Funkhauser, I guess, has got him dead to rights. And so tomorrow, visit with her, 1 p.m. And, and then as Funkhauser leaves, Larry goes, all right, I'll see you at Jeff's tonight. And Funkhauser stops in his tracks and turns around and walks back to Larry and goes, what's at Jeff's? And he was not invited to the dinner party, which Larry did not know, and he would have known if Susie had told him, but Funkhauser agrees with Susie. You don't say who was at the dinner party, but you also don't go around talking about a dinner party unless you know every, uh, people who are invited. So it's kind of a catch-22, but also it's just like, don't mention something that you're invited to, to somebody else that you're not sure if they're invited. And the fact that you there's no way to find out is no reason to go telling everybody about it either. I think I've mentioned this before because I think it came up. My mom had the same rule. Like if I talked about something in front of a friend who wasn't invited to it and another friend was, that event was not happening anymore. (laughs) It was, it taught me a valuable lesson about being polite. Like you just don't talk about a fun thing that you're doing in front of someone who's not invited with someone who is invited. So over at Funkhausers, Jeff, uh, Jeff and Larry are there and they're sharing some awkward silence and even more awkward conversation with Bam Bam, a.k.a. Catherine O'Hara. I mean, 
you recognize the great Catherine O'Hara, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Shit's Creek, Home Alone, Beetlejuice, uh, all of the Christopher Guest movies. So, uh, obviously, a uh, famous comedic actress. And she part of, the, part of the conversation involves, guess who told Marty Funkhauser to shut up? It's a famous actress. <laughs> and, and she's giving Larry no clues <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Just saying, come on, you know who it was. You know? You know. And Larry and Jeff are just like throwing out every name. Angelina Jolie. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I like that um they do mention the Kardashians. So another we've had texting and the Kardashians mentioned so yeah, far God, in 2009 Curb. Getting into modern day. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me at some point she's she's got to be on the show, right? Kim Kardashian has got to be on Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? I don't know, but it it makes sense, especially because we know that Larry David's daughter is like you know, a socialite in that way. She like pals around with all those, you know, Nepo babies, as it as as, as you might say. Uh, so I'm like, Daddy, put my friend in the movie in your show. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll put her in the show. Uh, that's a horrible Larry David. I can't believe I've ever attempted <laughs> was, it before, but I guess that that's was why. Very bad. Um, <laughs> I think you, it was. You've done a Larry before that wasn't nearly that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Maybe that was more Bernie. Maybe I was more. Maybe that was more yeah, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, as. I think you're right. That was Bernie Sanders doing Larry David doing Bernie Sanders. It was just so it's like a copy of a copy of a copy. So it was just that was the quality of it. Um, So we don't find out which actress did end up telling Marty Funkhauser to shut up. But Larry asked if he could have a drink or some food. And there's none in the house as I did like that exchange was like, so you don't have any food or drink in the house? She goes, no. He's like, that's interesting. She's like, I know. I know it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but Larry excuses himself to go to the bathroom. And instead of doing that, he ducks into the kitchen and helps himself to a sandwich. He's going to make <laughs> himself a sandwich. And when he comes back, Jeff and Bam Bam are gone. And I guess we know where she got her name because they are upstairs <laughs> fucking. <laughs> <laughs> like Larry kind of hears uh, some some commotion going yeah. on upstairs, walks up the stairs, and it's like full moaning. And we hear a Bam Bam yelling, Fuck me, fat boy. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And we hear Je- uh, Jeff Garland's just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so on the ride home, uh, Jeff said that she mentioned, oh, I'm bored. And Jeff said, well, if there's anything I can do. And it was an empty gesture, but she took him up on it. <laughs> and here is the lesson of the show. You can't make an empty gesture to a Funkhauser. Okay. They will take you up on it. That is the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> that they have both learned the hard way, pun intended in Jeff's case. Ah. <laughs> so over at Jeff's, Jeff uh, you know, uh, uh, intercepts Larry at the door and lets him know that Marty Funkhauser got himself invited to the party by telling Susie that Larry told him about it. And they also brought Bam Bam. And Dr. Schaefer is there, too, with his boyfriend, and so Larry absolutely has to. Ted, you understand that he had to remark on his surprise that Dr. Schaefer is gay. He could not had, let it go to. past absolutely unmentioned. Had to. Yes, he must go up to them and tell them that he is surprised that he's gay. And it's because, if that wasn't bad enough, it's because the doctor doesn't seem gay. Uh, happy Pride Month, Tim. <laughs> yeah, what a great June. What a great episode Holy to kick June shit. off with. <laughs> <laughs> and his boyfriend is right. I mean, Larry just like 
this I mean this this is cancelable, you know, if anything. <laughs> like because the boyfriend Mark's like, what do you mean he doesn't seem gay? And Larry goes, Well, you seem gay. He oh doesn't seem God. gay. Like what what do you what do you mean by this, Larry? No, please, <laughs> please elaborate. Use more than buzzwords. Yeah. Well, you know, if someone had told me you were gay, you I would believe them because you seem gay. And what Larry Jesus means is that Christ. You know, he has the stereotypical mannerisms that people do when they're <laughs> quote unquote acting gay, but but Dr. Schaefer does not do those things, and so he does not seem gay. So <laughs> Marty Funkhauser comes over and talks to Larry and says, "At first, this is a, this was a great little rug pull because he's like, what'd you do to Bam Bam?'" And Larry's like, "Well, well, what do you mean?" And he's like. She's a completely different person. Like it was such a it reminded me of that dumb and dumber part where he's like, every time <laughs> I think you can't do anything stupid, you do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> it was really God, like that. I, Larry thought he was in trouble, but but Marty Funkhauser is so happy because she's like a different person. It's like a miracle. What'd you guys do? And <laughs> he finds out Jeff was there. And he's like, oh, I guess that's why she was walking around the house singing. I love the fat boy. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, you got to do it again. Whatever you did, you just you got to do it again. And Larry and Jeff are like knowingly smirking at each other. Oh, well, let's see what we can do. Maybe, uh, you know. Uh, so at dinner, Bam Bam is making all these like cutesy, flirty gestures at jeff like winking at him and so jeff has to wink back at her without Susie noticing or anybody noticing blowing a kiss licking the wine glass oh licking the God. rim of the wine just, glass just literally rimming her wine <laughs> rimming her wine <laughs> and larry i loved larry's reaction to this like staring wide-eyed back and forth like a tennis match or something like almost almost jaw agape like what are you doing? You're going to blow this whole thing up? <laughs> yeah, and just kind of out of nowhere, like, Bam Bam brings up that Larry went into Marty's fridge and started making a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, it's amazing you have all this good food, Susie, with Larry around because, you know, he likes to help himself to people's fridges. <laughs> 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 and then he made a sandwich with their um, – and l she even enlists Jeff. Like, didn't he do that? Didn't he do that? And Jeff's like, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You were in bed with me. Oh. And everyone blows up at Larry and Jeff. Everyone was already blowing up at Larry, especially Dr. Schaefer. Who he goes, oh, and you help yourself to a drink. So you're a hypocrite, too. Uh, they, the only yeah. thing I could write in my notes for this was just everybody shouting. Because, I yeah. mean, there's there's not much that's being said, but, like, everyone is talking very loudly all at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's a classic <laughs> scene that we've seen. You know, several times over the past seven seasons, you know, everybody's shouting because of something Larry did at the table. And but Larry and Jeff sort of they pass it off on her mental state. You can't believe her. What She doesn't know what she's saying, you know, and Susie even lightens the mood a little bit with a joke like it. It all gets smoothed over pretty quickly. Everyone's like, yeah, I guess you're right. What were we doing? That, that that's like that's really unbelievable to think that, that, you know, of course, why would we believe them or her over them and Susie goes oh I should have known no one wants to fuck you no one's stupid enough to fuck you except for me and people kind of <laughs> chuckle at that and it brings the mood of the room like it, it lowers the temperature of the room a little bit Marty though remarks that wow I guess she wasn't getting better and I think we're gonna have to take her back to the mental institution and Jeff is all for it <laughs> yeah Jeff is like it's, it's like it's the best thing for her just so he can like 
get her out of his life. Yes, out of the picture. But Larry, it seems like his conscience is kicking in a little bit. Like now, <laughs> a lie of his is going to send somebody like back into confinement. Uh, so he is not as gung-ho as Jeff is for all of this, saying, like, well, I don't know if she has to go completely. And Jeff's like, no, no, it's you got to think about the long term. Uh, it's what's better. And Larry gets a, a call, and he has to leave to go get Loretta's medication. And he is not invited back for because Susie's very upset he's leaving before the entree. So in the car, he calls home, and Auntie Ray won't ask Loretta what restaurant they went to last week. Larry wants to get some food to go, but she won't ask Loretta. He's like, well, she's sleeping? No, she's resting. So go ask her. Like, no, she is resting. I don't want to think about this. <laughs> I think Larry is right in this occasion. If, like, you're up and you're just resting, you can be asked a question. It's not going to, you know, make your condition any worse. So he stops at Brentwood Restaurant and Lounge, which was at 148 South Barrington Avenue in the Brentwood neighborhood of Los Angeles. It is now Baja Norte, but it is temporarily closed. I don't know what ah. happened to Baja Norte. Yeah. Larry shows up to order takeout, but hostess says that, oh, well, you have a reservation. Larry David, too, right over there. Yeah, we your just sat already your been party. seated. Yeah. And it's Cheryl and Wanda. And uh. Cheryl used Larry's name to get a table a little bit quicker. And they invite Larry, though, to join them. And I like that Wanda is all about Larry dating a black woman. <laughs> she plays into this a couple times. Like, uh, oh, yeah, she, she says she nominated Larry for an NAACP <laughs> image award. <laughs> yeah. And then offers, asks if Larry can hook Cheryl up with a black guy. <laughs> like, you know, Lil Wayne, right? <laughs> he knows Lil Wayne now because he's dating a black woman. Um, yeah, she's being very funny about it. Uh, but Cheryl, meanwhile, is not having as much luck in love because she has broken up with the underpants guy, Glenn. Uh, that did not work out. And Larry and Cheryl go outside where they can find some light to read the menu in the darkened restaurant. And they tell each other that they miss being around each other. I mean, it's a very sentimental moment between the two. And what really Cheryl, since she's had some time to think about it, boils down to is Larry's shiftless, focusless, non-work lifestyle was just too much Larry. <laughs> you know, you were around him when you were working on Seinfeld. That was different because you were working. You'd go away. You'd come back. It was great. That was just enough, Larry. But I like Larry's thing here. He was like, that's too much. He's like, I get it. Too much. Larry. I, I got him 24 hours. You, How do you think you, I feel? <laughs> you need slices of real Larry. Yeah, slices of Larry. I think he says. Yeah. I got him 24 <laughs> hours a day. How do you think I feel? I thought that was funny. Um, I, I, I loved the uh, the planting the seeds in this. Yes. Yeah. And it is so funny to me that that's the only reason that Larry would do a Seinfeld reunion is to, to get, get his wife Cheryl back. back. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. It makes perfect sense, though. You At know, the end of the day, know about, yeah. What we know about the Larry David character to this point, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, it's, he, it's, not, it's not a stretch. It's not something that she mentioned, like, she wants once, and then they build an entire season on it. Yeah. It's Larry putting this multi-million dollar machine <laughs> into motion for one simple selfish reason. It's yeah. not because like the fans have been asking for it for a decade or, you know, the like Jerry and everybody wants to do it. Everybody's it's like just to get Cheryl back <laughs> just so he can get his wife back. He's going to get N NBC to like drop billions into this project. <laughs> uh, and then he gets a phone call that the doctor is on his way 
to the house with the results. So he has got to beat the doctor back to the house so we can break up with Loretta before he gets there with the results. Well, yeah, the, the thing he even tells Cheryl is, uh, he says, uh, hold on, I got to go get out of something. <laughs> like, oh out. my God. Uh, and he speeds in his Prius all the way home, even passing that, even, you know, being right next to the doctor at, at one point. Uh, but before he can get even into his driveway, Bam Bam is there. She pops up like a ghoul in his driveway, <laughs> like, oh, you've got to tell him. You've got to tell him the truth. Tell him it was like, oh, God. Like, she's really like pale, and, and it was very scary. Um, but Bam Bam and, and uh, Larry hear a burglar alarm go off, hear a security system go off, and a burglar jumps over this high wall, gets into a getaway car, and, and speeds off. So another robbery has happened in the neighborhood. And that's when Marty comes from around the corner. And now there's this big commotion because the cops show up as well. And they need a statement about what Larry just saw. But Larry's like, I, I got to get inside really quick. Uh, and, but he's like, okay, well, she saw everything. She, you can take her statement. But Marty's like, no, you can't take her statement. She can't be trusted. She's, you know, from, she's going back to the mental institution. And so Larry has to give his statement as the doctor passes all of this going on and walks into the house. <laughs> And when Larry does finally make it inside, we find out that the biopsy was positive. So he starts running down all of the, he's like, here's a list of medications and vitamins she's going to need. I thought this was a, she's going to need organic juices every day. I know this is like an improv actor thinking that this is what a doctor would say, but I'm, but in real <laughs> life, I'm like, is that what is curing rich people yeah, of cancer that they're not telling poor people that if you have organic juices three times a day, you can cure cancer. And you, you turn the, the heat up in your house because yeah. the, the hotter, the better he says like, Oh my yeah. God. I was like, is this the advice rich people are getting? And we're all like dying of cancer while they, <laughs> while, while they're they sitting in this 97. Yeah. Yeah. They sit in this toasty house drinking organic juice and that's, what's curing them. It's like all those Facebook clickbait ads are like trying to tell us the truth. You know, the ones that are like <laughs> detox your body with this simple method. And it's like this picture of, like brown sludge that someone's like squeezing a lemon into or something <laughs> the thing like, just... doctors don't want you to know <laughs> yeah, if you make cliche. less than 1.5 million dollars per year <laughs> yeah they, they're trying to say there's somebody is paying for those ads trying to save us and we're like oh fucking clickbait like no, i'm just trying to help <laughs> i'm trying to spread my message <laughs> like drink this three times a day but it, yeah it's the cliche doctors hate this one weird trick Doctors hate this one weird trick. <laughs> it's getting a, it's getting your own personal sauna and putting it in your living room and cranking it yeah. up to 82. Curing cancer. Yeah, just explaining all. And it's going to be like, you know, over the next, it's going to be hard work. But, you know, maybe in the next three or four years, she'll, she'll start, you know, coming around and getting better. And Larry is first concerned about his golf game. He's like, well, you know, at least I can still play golf. Or no, I think he asked, like, can I still play golf? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like like one day a week he's like no no nine holes he's like no no time for golf well i i loved uh i loved the dr shaper's rebuttal larry's like one day a week zero days a week <laughs> yeah, yeah. nine holes zero holes zero holes mr david you're gonna have to it's gonna be a 24-hour job and he's running down all the horrible symptoms she's going to experience from the vomiting to the uh, he mentions incontinence twice which is funny <laughs> because he's like well, vomiting incontinence headaches nausea you know whatever is like incontinence did i already say that and that's when frolic <laughs> starts up as we're looking at larry's horrible realization that he is stuck with someone who has cancer because he can't break with someone who has cancer and that's the end of the episode all right what do we got for homework this week i didn't write anything down whoa yeah look at that I all know. right um okay uh what do you like for cover art this week tim i mean should it be kind of that 
establishing shot with Larry and Jeff and Bam Bam sitting on the couches. I think it was kind of like a wide shot of, of that setup. Um, maybe something at the dinner party. What are you thinking? I like the shot of them on the couches. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, maybe Larry fainting into oh, into Auntie Ray and JB Smooth's <laughs> arms. Like, I like just, that. just the, the faux, like exaggerated faint. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So, so we had, in the season 7 premiere, Larry attempts a preemptive breakup with an ailing Loretta and learns a lesson. Wow, that's not bad. The first one's not bad, even though it doesn't have too much to do with the episode. It's really just kind of the opening and the closing. It just kind of bookends the thing. The main plot is really about Funkhauser's crazy sister, hence the title, <laughs> I think. <laughs> what do you think? I, I, do we ditch the first part? I mean, I, I guess know. it's... It's not really the A story to me, but it's certainly, you know, we never, I don't know if we ever really have A stories and B stories. If, if there are storylines, they kind of run concurrently as like A1 and A2. So a, uh, Larry attempts an alien, uh, uh, Larry attempts a preemptive, is that it, Larry? Larry attempts a preemptive breakup with an ailing Loretta is the first part. And then, I mean, Larry and Jeff, I like that Larry and Jeff learn a lesson. I wish we could, I wish we had the word economy to say Larry and Jeff learn you can't you can't make an empty, empty gesture, gesture to a funk To a funk houser. yeah. I wish I could just use the actual quote. Because <laughs> um, learn a lesson is just so generic to me. I mean, that's every sitcom. Like, yeah. you know, blah, blah, learns a lesson. Um, blah, blah, learns a lesson that you can't be smoking in the bathroom. Yeah. Or something. something but even, that, like that. even that's too much. Like, the, even they wouldn't leave it as blah, blah, learns a lesson. Because that happens every week on Full House or Boy Meets World or whatever. Or Curb Your Enthusiasm. No, not Curb Your Enthusiasm. No learning. Or Ted Lasso Season 3. Oh, is there, is there no learning in Ted Lasso no, Season 3? N- no, it, it's it's the opposite. Like, there, oh. there's some scenes where it's like PSA-level dialogue. Oh, wow. <laughs> are, you're not a Ted Lasso guy, are you? No, I've never seen it. I'm sure I would be. I'm, I'm don't, I don't think I've the, met anybody who's, who's for, disliked the first, it. The first season was incredible. Second yeah. season was... All right, third season was uh, it. It was the final season, and it, it's, it's good that it was the final season. Larry and Jeff. I mean, maybe we could just say maybe we don't have to say they learn you can't do this. We can say Larry and Jeff. Th- this is too long, but Larry and Jeff are forced to make good on empty <laughs> gestures or something like that. Are forced to what's a, what's that word where you what's another word for make good? I know there's a better like a, a fancier word. Are fo- like not cash in. They're forced to come through they're forced to follow through follow through there you go that's what i was looking for larry and jeff follow through on empty promises yeah i like i i don't mind that if you want to keep that as like the full the full uh description i kind of like that so drop loretta or keep loretta i would uh i would just kind of drop loretta i mean there's a lot of it i mean larry's trying to it's it is like the first (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. It, it is the first like five to ten minutes of the show, you know, because it goes all the way from the opening up until they go over to, to Funkhauser's to see Bam Bam because he it starts at home. He goes over to Jeff's. Then he goes back home and talks to the doctor about it. And there's the drink and everything. And then they go to Funkhauser's. I, I'm fine with keeping it and then changing it to Larry and Jeff follow through on empty gestures. Okay, so then what do we what do we have in full so far? I'll get rid of in the season seven premiere because we always get rid of that. Yeah, but yeah. Larry attempts a preemptive breakup with an ailing Loretta. Yeah, and he and Jeff follow through on empty 
gestures. I think that there sounds go. good. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's not, it may not be perfect, but I think it's better. And I think I that's think it, yeah, all I, we I, can I ask think it, for. It fits, it fits really well. Um, yeah. All right, Tim. Did you like this episode? Yeah, I think I liked it as much as I normally like the season premiere. It gets me right back into the you know the show. It sets up the story arc of the season very well. Um, and... You know, I, I got a lot of good. I got a lot of really good laughs out of it. I was like chuckling all the way through at the, the you know the situations that Larry and Jeff got themselves into. But I don't think I'm going to give it a star. I don't think I liked it enough okay. to give it a, a star. What about you? Well, I know I was talking about uh, this at the beginning of the episode when we were ranking all of our uh, our faves from season six, and I said the season premiere of season six uh, was the first episode. And only episode that I had given a full star to at that point. Every everything else had been either star lows or or nothing at all. Well, Tim, that remains the case because I hey. didn't give this anything. Whoa! <laughs> you you thought I was going a different direction, didn't you? You were ramping up like like Funkhauser did in this. Uh, uh, in this uh, no, yeah. no, this sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even say it sucked. It just I don't know. It was it was thirty minutes of television. That's, yeah, it was. A, that's about it. <laughs> it was an average episode of Curb, which is still better yeah. than lots of stuff on TV. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was definitely one of the most shows ever. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> broadcast. Yeah, and I mean, de- not to bring it back to season three of Ted Lasso, but my my tweet about the uh, finale <laughs> that I watched was like that. Sure, was seventy five minutes of television. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You know, no one can deny that. <laughs> No one, no one can deny that it was a thing that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, next week, we have got Season 7, Episode 2, Vehicular Fellatio. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Original air date, September 27th, 2009. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry deliberately tries to annoy Loretta against the advice of a renowned doctor and dooms Richard Lewis's new relationship. Oh, no, no. Now he's got, not going to ruin another relationship oh, with Richard Lewis. Man. Oh, dang it. Jeez. Oh. I, uh, I just thought of something. I know yeah. I brought this up last episode when we were talking about when the next couple of seasons take place. Um, season seven is in 2009, but season eight is in 2011. Wow. Uh, do we, you haven't watched season eight yet. Have you like, I... th- that's not one of the seasons that you watched originally. I think it was. Okay. Do we get a 10th anniversary of nine 11 episode? Oh my gosh. Cause, 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 cause all the episodes start in like September. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we <laughs> curb of course has mentioned nine 11 because <laughs> The 9-11 rabbis... does exist in the yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm universe. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> because the, the rabbi, you know, his brother mentioned, uh, Larry says, let's roll, and he's offended by oh, his right. brother died on that's 9-11, right. but he was uptown, or whatever, or he was, yeah, whatever the opposite <laughs> of where the, he died in a, a bike accident or whatever. So I don't think we'll get it. I don't think we'll mark the anniversary of 9-11, but I don't remember. I do not remember. All right. All right, that's it? Yeah, that's it. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good! (laughs)